The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings, pet lovers. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. So I've got some big news. Tell me. Our Peppa's family is growing. I am so pleased to announce that KSLM AM in Salem, Oregon is part of the new Peppa's family. They are one of our new affiliates. Such a beautiful place. It is. And we look forward to working with the affiliate staff, including Phil, as well as hearing from pet owners in this particular area. We are proud to be part of Salem's reliable news talk station. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Dr. Fleck, we've got a big show planned. Can you give us the rundown? This week on the Pet Buzz, we are talking about a family who found their pet in a shelter three months after he ran off. You can only imagine what a reunion like that was, huh? How dogs expose Mexico's drug cartel violence. Pet industry business news with Mark Cushing, the founder of the Animal Policy Institute. How Blink 182's Travis Barker honored his recently passed dog. And Pet Diabetes Month is observed every year in November. The month is dedicated to spreading the awareness about this lifelong condition of diabetes, of which I suffer from, which affects approximately one in 300 adult dogs in the United States. And joining us today to speak about canine diabetes is Dr. Patty Lathan, Professor of Small Animal Internal Medicine from the College of Veterinary Medicine at Mississippi State University. Dr. Patty, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Howdy, Dr. Fleck and Charlotte. Thanks so much for having me on here. So, Dr. Patty, is diabetes a growing problem in canines and why? You know, that's an interesting question. Um, you mentioned that you are diabetic. I did, are you type one or are you type two? Type two. Okay. So, interestingly, cats get something more like type two. Um, in people. So the one you have, dogs get more like a juvenile diabetes, or that's what it kind of acts like in uh, in dogs, kind of like the way it is in people. So when dogs get it, it's probably because, I don't know, maybe the immune system destroys the beta cells. So basically the immune system destroys the pancreas that makes the insulin. So there's nothing actually um, that we do that increases the risk of diabetes. So because of that, I think actually the rate of diabetes in dogs has been the same, at least for the last 30 years or so. Cats wow. are a little bit different. It is increasing. But in dogs, since it's like juvenile diabetes. So not. unlike people, because Americans are really fat. I mean, uh, for me, I got diabetes later in life. And for me, it's genetic. And I actually, I have two sisters who have or diabetic, like my dad was diabetic, and they got it much earlier than I did, but they're also not active and overweight. You had a question, Dr. Fleck. Yeah, doctor, The um, how many different kinds of diabetes are there? You're just making it a little confusing for everybody to think it's one type, but it really isn't, is it? 
No, that's a good question. So most dogs that have diabetes probably have what we call idiopathic, which I always say it, it's like we're idiots. We don't know what causes it. We think maybe it's all the all the cells that make insulin are just destroyed. And we don't know exactly what caused that. There are probably some genetics, but there are also other cases where schnauzers in particular like to get pancreatitis where the digestive enzymes kind of uh, digest the pancreas and they can also digest the part, the cells that make insulin. And then some dogs have Cushing's and get diabetes as a result of that. So there are lots of different causes, but the vast majority of them are idiopathic and we don't know what causes it. Yeah. And there's also like gestation, like people diabetic diabetes. So I thought there was like always kind of like three types, like similar to one with poodles, two, and then three. It's interesting. Gestational diabetes in dogs a little bit different than gestational diabetes in people and what actually causes it in dogs. It's um, a different hormonal response uh, causing something called acromegaly, which causes it. So yes, that can absolutely happen. It's just not super common in dogs where I, I'm not, I'm not uh, all that familiar with uh, human diabetes, but I think it's fairly common in people. Yeah, as we get to the end of this interview, we're going to talk about how treatment should be for that. So don't get confused, people, about all the different kinds of, of diabetes we'll there are. We'll talk about the main kind. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you had a question about profiling. What dog breeds, maybe the sexes, the ages, and the weights are at risk for diabetes? Yeah, so any dog can get it. It's generally a middle-aged to older um, dog disease. And females get it a little bit more often than males do, but not a crazy amount more. Um, it's often found in terriers. And I mentioned earlier, schnauzers. Schnau if, you know, if there were a bottle that had the word diabetes on it, uh, schnauzers would be the poster children. And then German shepherds and a weird one, uh, you were talking about gestational diabetes. Um, Norwegian elk hounds are pretty disposed to that one. So generally little dogs. What about poodles? I had always heard poodles were poster children of that breed of diabetes too. Absolutely. Yeah. Little uh, toy poodles, not generally the um, standard, not generally standard poodles, but little ones. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. Okay. So if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dr. Patty Lathan, professor of small animal internal medicine from the College of Veterinary Medicine at Mississippi State or MSU, the other MSU for you, right, Dr. Flood? That is correct. About canine diabetes. You had a question. Doc, would you talk to us about the symptoms? Absolutely. So the most common thing that I think people are going to notice is that their dog is going to be drinking a lot and urinating a lot. It may be that the dog previously um, just drank a normal amount. And then suddenly over the past few weeks, you're noticing that they're at the water bowl all the time or the water bowl's empty and they may be eating a lot, but actually losing weight or at least not gaining weight. Um, now, obviously, there are a lot of different causes of drinking a lot in dogs, but diabetes is a big one. And those are pretty similar to human symptoms. I mean, I remember uh, I drank like six quarts. Remember that? Mm -hmm. I drank six quarts of Gatorade one day, mm -hmm. and that was right before I was diagnosed. I mean, I 
you know, I barely will drink a glass of water or finish like a small can of soda. And I drank like six quarts of Gatorade, probably like in an hour and a half. And I was still horribly thirsty. And yeah, every so often I will, you know, if it flares up or I'm not, you know, taking care of myself. Yeah, I'm constantly, you know, going to the bathroom urinating and and eating voraciously and not gaining any weight losing weight actually so symptoms seem pretty similar dr fleck you had a question yeah dr lathan how do veterinarians diagnose diabetes in the dog so generally vets are going to take a blood sample and a urine sample and check them to see how high the blood glucose or blood sugar is. And that usually helps them diagnose it. Now, that's just to come up with the diagnosis itself. A lot of times they may want to do other tests just to rule out other diseases happening at the same time. Because when you have a diabetic patient, obviously they can have other problems and you want to control those other problems so that you can better manage the diabetes. Just so our listeners don't get too confused. We do a good job of being able to manage this. So don't think that this is a deadly situation. You might want to emphasize that. Oh, absolutely. Dogs can live for years with diabetes. That dog I was just mentioning, Buddy Kirby, I want to say he lived like three or four years. And since these are middle-aged older dogs, Buddy Kirby ended up dying, we think, from a brain tumor. It had nothing to do with the diabetes and these dogs can do really well and be really happy dogs. So, um, and that, you know what, that's our primary goal when we're treating these patients. Some people, especially owners who are used to human diabetes, they're worried about how tightly the glucose is regulated. It's interesting, dogs, their glucose can be 300 and they're running around wagging their tail. So my primary goal is to get them to where they're clinically doing well and they're happy and they're eating and drinking and enjoying things they used to. and keep it from the glucose, keep the glucose from going too low. Other than that, I think we're doing well. We need to take a commercial break, but Dr. Latham will return to answer more questions and in segment two, Celebrity Pet Buzz, uh, News and Flex Facts. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss any of the buzz. That's the Pet Buzz. The show caters to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I know you love your dog and you want to treat him well, but with so many treats in the pet marketplace, how do you choose? Look for treats made with no additives or preservatives, just natural ingredients like Hunter's Healthy Treats. Choose pumpkin, sweet potato, or peanut butter heart-shaped treats. Not only are they good for your dog, but he will love the taste too. For healthier treats and happier dogs, choose Hunter's Healthy Treats. Visit HuntersHealthyTreats.com. Hunter's Healthy Treats is a proud partner of the Pet Buzz. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? 
EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So we're back with Dr. Patty Latham from the College of Veterinary Medicine at Mississippi State University discussing canine diabetes. Well, Doc Patty, what is the treatment protocol for a diabetic dog? And, you know, I think Americans right now are concerned about money. Is it expensive? Unfortunately, diabetes is not one of the cheaper diseases to treat. You are going to have to get some insulin and get some insulin pens, or you can even use insulin syringes. Generally, we're going to be giving insulin shots to dogs twice daily. Um, You can use a once daily insulin if you can't give it twice daily. There's a newer one out there that's labeled once daily. Um, and while you are giving the insulin, you'll, there are different ways that we can measure how high the dog's blood sugar is to make sure it doesn't go too low. So, you know, a lot of people worry about how high the glu- the blood sugar is when in actuality as veterinarians, my biggest concern is that the sugar goes too low because then they can have a lot of problems from that. So in addition to giving the insulin, owners need to understand that we're also going to be monitoring the blood sugar concentrations over time. So it is a little bit to ask of owners to do that, um, unfortunately, but you know what? I know a lot of people kind of freak out a little bit about giving injections to their dogs. Um, I've experienced this because my wife actually had to give injections to a Maltese we had in the house and I learned a little bit about it, but she is not veterinary oriented at all. And I promise everybody can give injections to their animals. There are YouTube videos about it. And they're such tiny little needles. Most owners aren't, I'm sorry, most dogs aren't bothered by them nearly as much as the owners are. Yeah. I mean, the only difficult thing that I have found over the years um, since I did own a pet care, a very large pet care service in New York, when we did have diabetic dogs, you really have to get on board with that plan. One comment I did want to make is, like I said, you know, there there are multiple different insulins out there um, and the drug companies are making uh, newer ones, it seems, by the day. Uh, but their Vetsulin is one of the ones we give twice a day. There's another one out there now called Prozinc, which you can give once a day. Now, my guess is it may not work quite as well as twice daily insulin, but if we've got owners out there that are like, oh, geez, there's no way I can give twice daily insulin. I think Prozinc is the way to go. So although you do have to alter your lifestyle, I think there are ways that we can adjust treatment to see if we can better line up with those lifestyles so it's not as much of an inconvenience. And again, for owners that can't do it twice a day. Dr. Lathan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really interesting discussion and so important for the pet parents out there that love their pets that have this disease. It can be managed. It can be managed. It can be managed, but it's also a sacrifice. Lifestyle. It's a lifestyle sacrifice, and I think that's important. Can you give us a website? Um, I don't specifically have a um website with information on it. I do have some, excuse me, some YouTube videos on different endocrine diseases. If people look up um, 
my name with no space in it. So Patty Lathan and look up on YouTube. If you want to look up diabetes, there are some amusing uh, music videos my students have made on diabetes and some other things. Uh, they're educational, entertaining. Don't take them too seriously because obviously there are ways that our, we teach our students so they can learn how to remember this stuff. Well, I think that's great. That sounds really fun to me. So I'm going to have to check them out. I never had instructors like her. They always made me do the hard stuff. Well, that was because you're older than the health. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, Dr. Latham, that, just to remind everyone, that was Dr. Patty Latham, professor of small animal internal medicine from the College of Veterinary Medicine at Mississippi State University. Or should I say, am I crooked letter I, crooked letter, crooked letter I, PPI. That's what my mother used to say <laughs> when she talked about Mississippi. So she's discussing canine diabetes. Now it's time for celebrity pet news. Lately, when we hear about Blink-182 Travis Barker, we also hear about him with his current wife, Kourtney Kardashian. But currently, he is mourning the death of his dog, Blue, a French bulldog that he shared with his daughter, Alabama, and his ex-wife, Shanna Mochler. In honor of the dog, Travis posted a tribute to his dog on Instagram by writing, I'll miss you, Blue. You were the best dog. And finally, he shared, love you forever, boy. Additional Barker, known for his tattooed body, had a memorial tattoo inked on his left inner thigh of the dog's head. And if tribute tattoos after an animal crosses the Rainbow Bridge is embraced by many pet lovers as it helps people keep the memory of their beloved animal alive even after they're gone. Dr. Fleck, you're up for Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. So, Dr. Fleck, what's the topic for today? Circle K and now the selling of CBD. Wait, so Circle K is selling CBD? Yes. Okay, so that's news. So how does it relate to pets? Well, think about it. There's 600 stores in the, in the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. So now the CBD could be sold in every one of those stores. So availability will be large and irresponsibility of people may come in. So as it relates to pets, it's most important to remember that the FDA has not approved any prescription or any over-the-counter CBD products for use in animals. This means that pet owners shouldn't try to treat their pets with CBD, whether it is easily accessible or not. Okay, but you know, some obviously will try, right? Mm -hmm. So can you review, are human CBD products safe for pets or do I need a CBD products specifically intended for pets a difficult question to answer but the best way to answer this is to say products meant for humans have the same cbd that would be found in products designed for pets so human cbd might be okay to give to your pet but you'll want to follow any recommendations from your veterinarian very key very key follow the recommendations from your veterinarian if the product is not made specifically for pets, it is important to read the label to double check for the ingredients that could be included that could be toxic to pets like chocolate, certain essential oils, and artificial sweeteners. Because a lot of people are making this flavored CBD oil, right? Mm -hmm. So pet, so people can really enjoy it. So besides being made without these harmful ingredients, pet-specific oral, 
CBD products are usually also flavored with your furry friend in mind, just like you said, chicken, fish chews, etc. Right, and it's important to remember that CBD, it's really packed in oil, right? So the oil is the major ingredient, and we're finding that especially with young people, too much CBD is not really good for your gut. It's not good for your liver. CBD is an oil. Yeah. So it's not only packed with it, but it is an oil. Yeah. So what are the risks of treating pets with CBD? The side effects could be many, very similar to those experienced by humans. The most common issues include changes in the appetite, fatigue, and maybe diarrhea. Typically, the higher the CBD dose you give to your pet, the more likely they will have side effects. Okay, so just review. What's the bottom line? Well, emerging research suggests that CBD may be helpful with several pet health conditions. I totally agree with that, including anxiety, chronic pain, and seizures. Although we need more studies to confirm its benefits, many pet parents already use CBD with great results. Because these products haven't been reviewed or approved by the FDA, you should discuss using CBD with your vet who has experience treating pets with CBD, most of us do, before starting anything new. Anything else, Dr. Fleck? Hey, that's all the Flex Fact for the week. Great report, Dr. Fleck, thank you. Very insightful and very helpful. Concern. Concern. Okay, well up next, bet you can't wait for my I Likey of the week. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, let's kick off this segment with the I Likey of the Week. It's genius. die for. I like it. You know, I worry about my older dog, Morrow. As a pet parent of a senior dog, I started thinking about his mobility and immune issues and wanted to get the best supplements for him. You know, he just started taking Myos Canine Muscle Formula, which is an all-natural supplement powered by Fortitropin, a formulation that has been proven in multiple veterinary clinical studies to build muscle and reduce muscle loss due to aging or injury in dogs. Morrow, he's blind. So one of his only pleasures is to be able to go outside and walk two to three times a day around my neighborhood. And this supplement helps. In aging dogs, Myos Canine Muscle Formula contributes to mobility. It helps prevent muscle loss and promotes increased daily movement and activity. Myos Canine Muscle Formula can be found at Myos Pet, that's M-Y-O-S, pet.com amazon and chewy.com what's next the pet buzz mailbag you got mail 
Hey, Dr. Fleck, this question is for you. Mary writes from Rhode Island. Dr. Fleck, my elderly dog is having a bout of bloody diarrhea and has been vomiting on and off for about a week. Can you give me some advice? Mary, thank you for writing about this. This is a common problem I see at least a couple of times a day. Bloody diarrhea is pretty common in dogs and tells us that there is lots of inflammation in the, in the lower part of the bowel or the colon. It can have several causes and it often needs medication to clear it up. I would recommend taking your senior dog to the vet for evaluation as soon as possible. The vet may also recommend some lab work to see if, there can, if they can identify the cause and decide on the best treatment protocol. Let us know how your dog is doing. And Mary, thank you for writing to us about this. We wanna help you and other pet owners as best as we can. Well, let's okay. move on with our next guest. He's back and we have certainly missed him. We're talking about dream team member, Mark Cushing, author of Paw Nation and the CEO and founder of the Animal Policy Group, LLC, who's back to discuss the latest pet industry developments. Mark, welcome back. It's good to see you. Charlotte, good to see you always. And, uh, you know, the toughest questions I ever get are from Charlotte, but I'm ready. Let's let's jump in. So, Mark, let's just dig right in and talk about what everyone is talking about, the economy. But our sidebar is how is the economy affecting the pet industry? The pet industry showed back in 2008 and nine that for the most part, it is uh, recession uh, resistant. Now it's inflation maybe leading to recession resistant. And that's good news. I mean, people may shorten their vacations, not get a new car, a whole host of consumer purchases, but they're not giving up their pets. With a little footnote there, if you can't get veterinary care, that's becoming an issue with shelters getting pets relinquished to them, not because you don't have enough money, but because you can't literally get in to see a veterinarian. But I think we will do okay, whatever you know headwinds are coming to the economy's way or continue to come our way. And you see year over year uh, veterinarian revenue up. And I think the veterinary revenue uh, challenges are independent of the state of the economy, to be honest with you. I love having Mark here because half the time I agree with him and the other half I don't agree with him. So it's <laughs> always fun to go back and forth. I think we are seeing some relinquishment of pets. I mean, you're right. It's hard to get a vet appointment, but also vet revenue is going up because vets are charging a lot more. I mean, I think one of the smartest things that Dr. Fleck did was open that discount clinic and take a less of a profit margin. And he's constantly busy. For someone who's pushing 80, that man is working seven days a week, helping pet owners care for their pets. I want to talk about new lawsuits that I read about. So this one is actually funny. So I was sitting home one day and I got a press release from Zesty Paws. Now they're they're not a really old company, but they make pharmaceuticals. Uh, and they're suing Nutramax, allegedly claiming that Nutramax has made false advertising claims about product ingredients, rank status, and more. So do you think we're going to see more of these type of lawsuits? Yes. And that's one of those emblems, if you will, of a healthy pet economy. Because a, you've got to have money handedly to, to fund litigation. I say that as a former business trial lawyer. It's not cheap. And, and number two, you're fighting over a market that you think is really worth it. And, and there's always trade-offs when you initiate lawsuits. You know, not every member of the public likes to see that, um, but it's, it's telling folks not that we're struggling, but that actually there's a prize here worth fighting over. So I think absolutely will. And importantly, and we'll talk later probably about CBD, 
um, supplements are becoming a bigger and bigger presence in the veterinary pet healthcare uh, landscape, if you will. And and you're, you're just as in human health, so much of what people do to quote take care of their body every day involves supplements that are over the counter, right? And that's like everything, you know, not shifting over, but re repeating itself or appearing with much greater force now in the pet economy. Yeah, you know, it's really funny because a lot of people don't realize that Nutramax make Cosequin, but you know, it's a supplement industry thing. Goodness, we have Bill Bocout there protecting our pets with the National Animal Supplement Council. He does a great job and a big shout out to him. He's a good friend and a mentor. Let, uh, me, shout, let me give a shout out to Bill too. Uh, he, he does great work. I, I've gotten to know him over the past year and that NASC is going to become a bigger, bigger force in the industry because you need someone to care about standards. You need someone to care about certification and because the public never knows with a new supplement, right? The biggest question people have is, why should I believe the advertising? It tells me what this is going to do for me or for my pet. And, and you've got to have some some place, some way to go evaluate that, right? And we do yeah. it all the time. We yeah. interviewed Bill not such a long time ago in the last six months. And I'll make sure I'll post that interview again on social media. Uh, what I, One of the things I love about Bill is he's always so serious. He's almost scary serious. You know what I mean? He's very rarely f smiles when he's in, in action. But he's so knowledgeable. And one of the things that I really appreciate that he does is anyone who wants to join his organization, he interviews personally. So he has a really good idea of who his members are. And I have very rarely met a CEO or a president of an organization who does that. So Bill is really in tune with the industry. Well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with the Animal Policy Group, Mark Cushing, about recent pet industry news. We're always happy to have Mark here. You know, Mark, from January 2022 to August 2022, there were about 28 pet food acquisitions and mergers in the pet food category. One really stood out was Mars Pet Care's acquisition of Nom Nom, which is fresh delivered pet food. I have worked for Nom Nom soon after they got started. And then in these last two weeks or week or so, Mars is set to acquire champion foods. So will we see more of these acquisitions for fresh delivered pet food or more organic or natural pet food? Full disclosure, um, the Mars, uh, the number one brand, pet food brand in the world, uh, Royal Canin is a client of mine. I also work with Mars Veterinary Health, but, but not Mars Pet Care. Uh, who did the acquisitions you're referring to. And I, I think the answer is, yeah, this is a start of what will be a, a, a constant and a growing acquisition arena because you've had, you know, you had the traditional major players, Mars, Royal, uh, per Perina Hills, right? With what we would call traditional, in some cases, veterinary diets. And what everyone's discovered, hello, millennials not only rule the world right now, they own more pets than any other group in the U.S. and the Generation Z right behind them are catching them. And I say this all the time because it's true. Millennials want the same quality of health care for their pet as they have for themselves. And of course, that's going to extend the nutrition, right? The, the one aspect of our personal health care that we can control besides fitness, right, is what we eat. And we're told that all the time. You know, we were told that as kids, eat your peas. If you're my generation, uh, I do now, by the way, I didn't then, but, I, but I've grown to like peas. But uh, not, to, not that your audience is dying to hear that. Um, but you're seeing now uh, nutrition plays so much more of a role in how pet owners look at their pet. And millennials want one thing, Charlotte, uh, and they want this from the veterinarian. They want to be taught 
how do I take care of my pet? Because I manage my own health care carefully. I want to do the same for my pet. I don't know anything about what pets need or don't need. So no surprise in the food category. A lot of people are still skeptical for some reason that specialty type foods will have the impact on pets they might have on human humans. The point is we basically have the same systems, right? Cardiovascular, pulmonary, blah, 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 between a pet and a human. I don't know why it wouldn't. I'm not an expert on nutrition, but that category is, and I, I read Fountain Report each week and see those same acquisitions you see, Charlotte, and I'm never surprised. And, and it's, I think the pace will pick up. Okay. Mark, we have to take a commercial break. Stick around for another segment. Stay tuned because also up next is Global Pet News and tell me something good. Training matters for all dogs, especially for puppies. To make training fun and enjoyable, motivate your pooch with Hunter's Healthy Treats. Hunter's Treats contain no corn, wheat, soy, preservatives, added flavors, or food coloring. Dogs love them because they're soft-baked with healthy ingredients like pumpkin, peanut butter, and sweet potato. Train your dog to give him the best life with the best motivation. Hunter's Healthy Treats. Visit Hunter'sHealthyTreats.com. Hunter's Healthy Treats is a proud partner of the Pet Buzz. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and and country. Well, we're back with Animal Policy Group's Mark Cushing discussing pet industry news. We love having Mark here. I do a lot because I always learn different things. We always have great banter. Okay, so more pet food to chew on. Hills investing $700 million in building more plants. Comments? Yeah, it's uh, last year the news was Royal Canin, which has right now, and they're slated for 2023 operation, I believe, two major plants, roughly the same amount of money, and two big plants uh, in, in Tennessee and Ohio. And it doesn't surprise me, Hills, you know, a leader in pet food, you know, is doing the same thing. And if you go t- during COVID, when you went to PetSmart or Petco, you'd see major brands' shelves empty, and and they had supply chain issues, and they did not have the capacity. So um, we're going to have two big brands, you know, in the next one to three years, with U.S. production at a higher, much higher level, which is exciting. I think you know you want to give pet pet parents as good a choice or as many choices as you can. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, and I mean, it's actually interesting to see around the world how pet food production is actually increasing everywhere. It's increasing in South America. It's increasing in Eastern Europe, places that you wouldn't think so much it would be increasing. It's really rocking and rolling. Um, Yeah, I mean, I know Hills, especially with some of their prescription diets, you know, it's kind of like I like to drink Fresca, Mark. And during the year of the pandemic, uh, if you don't know, Fresca is a grapefruit soda. It's made by Coca-Cola. Well, Coke was having problems getting tin for the cans. So you all of a sudden you stop seeing cans of Fresca. You had to buy the bottles if you wanted to actually drink Fresca. So I think it's the same thing. I mean, I guess Hills, like any other company, had to do a cost benefit analysis in terms of what to make during the pandemic based on some right. of their some of their ingredients and i know some p- prescription diets were really hard to find during the pandemic so hopefully um which caused people to have to make choices 
Well, well two weeks. Eat their dog. Two weeks ago, Charlotte, I was in Seville, Spain. I gave four lectures at the Southern European Veterinary Conference, and what struck me um, was how common the issues are that we see, and the developments and trends that we see in the U.S. are happening in Europe. And Spain is not the wealthiest country in Europe. That's Germany, and usually France and and the, U and the UK. UK. Um, but uh, you know, I, I've met with many, many veterinarians. You know, they they were the audience for my lectures. And it was, I kept, I always preface it by saying, I don't know if you're seeing this here. And, you know, two minutes later, all the heads would be nodding. Yes. In other words, you're addressing exactly the issues we're facing, shortages, millennial pet ownership, greater demand for care. And uh, so it, it's, you know, the, the HABRI, Human Animal Bond Research Institute and Zoetis, you know, the biggest pharmaceutical in the pet space, did a global study on the human animal bond. It is as prevalent and understood and valued in China and in Brazil as it is in America. And, and it's and what does that represent? When countries develop a middle class, two things, they have two things that they add to their life, cars and a pet. And pets. No, and, and we and we've seen that actually in Brazil. So over the summer. Another acquisition really stood out, and that was Zoetis' acquisition of Base Paws. And guess what? They ended up getting Dr. Ernie Ward along with that package. Comments? Well, I'm a big fan and a good friend of Ernie's. So, uh, and I was, uh, I saw him the weekend that that had happened, and he put a good smile on his face. So, I bet you know, it Zoetis, Zoetis is uh, is a progressive company, and and they have. They have been active in the, in the acquisition marketplace. You know, they're not just relying on their legacy, you know, pharmaceuticals. That's smart. And, and I, uh, I know Zoetis well. Um, and, I, and that was, that was a, to me, an important, not by the size of the transaction, but kind of an important step into, you know, as you know, one of the chronic issues with pet health, uh, namely obesity, right? And just the, the whole issue of d dogs being fed too much. We've been talking about pet food, you know, for the last 20 minutes. Curious, the global pet care market is expected to exceed $325 billion in 2028, growing by about 5% each year since 2021. So as demand for the market continues to climb, pet service concepts, I guess, are increasingly becoming really lucrative. So as owners put more time and attention into health and appearance, socialization, I guess even education, franchises seem to be a good investment. Yes or no? Absolutely. And that's going to be true in the vet space, as well as in, in, the, in the products and services space. And the only the only cloud, the only restraint on that projection, and I think I think that's a realistic projection in terms of the value, is going to be shortage of dogs and shortage of veterinarians. In other words, if we're able to address those issues, I can't think of a sector I'd tell people to put their money in more competently in the pet sector, services, healthcare, products. Before you go, can you give us your website so our listeners can learn more about you because you have a great personality, fascinating character in the pet industry, and well, of course, the founder of the Animal Policy Group. So it's animalpolicygroup.com. That's a mouthful, but you'll get a lot of information there. And then markelcushing.com is my author website uh, related to my book, Pet Nation. And uh, I appreciate always talking to you. You were very nice to me today. You, you didn't really rough me up as I deserve. So, you know, have me back and, and have, your, have your gloves on. 
Well, everyone, just to remind you, Mark Cushing is the author of Paw Nation and the CEO and founder of the Animal Policy Group, LLC. He's one of our favorite guests with whom we enjoy our great discussions, the bantering back and forth, also with the disagreement sometimes, but it's always a pleasure to have Mark here talking about pet industry news that really matters. Next up, Peppa's news from around the globe. You know, dogs find the strangest things. They uncover buried secrets and expose our dirty laundry in public. So this story will not surprise you, but it is brutal. Residents of a town in north central Mexico were stunned to see a dog running down the street with a human head in its mouth. Officials in violence plague state Zacatecas confirmed the incident and said last week that police eventually managed to wrestle the head away from the dog. A law enforcement official who was not authorized to be quoted by name said the head and other body parts had been left in an ATM booth in one of the towns. The human remains were left with a message referring to a drug cartel. Drug cartels in Mexico. Mexico frequently leave notes alongside heaps of dismembered human remains as a way to intimidate rivals or authorities. But before the police could act, a stray dog made off with the corpse's head. A video posted on social media showed the dog trotting down a darkened street, holding the head by the neck in its jaw, apparently intended to take it to a safe place to eat. Zacatecas has been the scene of a bloody extended turf war between local gangs backed by drug cartels and obviously stray dogs looking for unique meals. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. Well, after that news piece, we need a feel-good morsel to share with y'all. Well, at the end of July, Corgi Shepherd mix Dante got off leash during a walk while running after some other dogs and disappeared in the greater Fairfax, Virginia area. The owner was so frantic after she learned Dante went missing. She scoured her local area and talked to neighbors and others, but no one knew where Dante went. And the dog, of course, never turned up. Well, the Pareto de Martinez family adopted the 60-pound dog in 2017 when Dante was a mere puppy after her elder daughter... Her eldest daughter was diagnosed with lymphoma. Until he disappeared, Dante was always there to comfort and support his family. Well, after three months of searching for Dante, the family, the dog's family, decided to visit a shelter to find a new pooch. Well, here's the kicker. To everyone's surprise, Dante was at the shelter, quote unquote, waiting for his family. This dog spent a few months in the shelter and people didn't understand why he wasn't adopted. In the meantime, they had changed his name to Shoulder. He just completely shut down. So people saw him and he really wouldn't interact with anybody. It just seemed like he was waiting for his family. Well, the granddaughter of uh, Preda de Martinez came in and said, that looks like Dante. And the woman said, no, his name is Shoulder. Not really. She goes, grandma, look again. It looks like Dante. Well, once they took the family to see Dante or Soldier, they all knew. Once he saw them, he started wiggling and jumping. The whole family, as well as the shelter workers, were crying. I mean, what a fantastic story. Now, that's really something that this family got their dog back after three months. It's a wrap, Dr. Flack. Wow. 
It is? Yeah. Again, it's too yep. early. Well, before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week is our Thanksgiving show. We're talking about holiday hazards, Christmas pictures with Santa, the National Dog Show presented by Perina with actor and comedian John O'Hurley, and providing you with holiday pet shopping tips. Dr. Fleck, can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Dr. Patty Lathan and Mark Cushing. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere, and Hunter's Healthy Treats, making all natural, yummy treats for dogs of all sizes. If you have a question, write to us at team at the We will cover it on next week's show. And if you miss any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. And most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.